Hello guests and welcome to Our Table, an online 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons actual play set in the homebrewed world of Naroon, an ancient and fractured planet that has become the unfortunate center of the multiverse. This game tells the story of The Eight, a group of eccentric travelers whose collective ADD leads to bizarre plans and tense laughing fits, and an incredibly heartfelt group of people who will support each other through the worst of scenarios. This first video is here in order to give you all a breakdown of the main cast of characters, as well as a brief recap that leads up to episode 1. To begin, allow me to introduce myself. Uh, my name is Kyle, though you can refer to me as Doom, and that's with a capital D-M. I am the creator of the world of Narun, as well as the dungeon master for this truly stunning uh, group of friends I have. Next, allow me to introduce the actual party, in no particular order. First, let's start off with Cam. They play the character of Melio Kakanakai, a Kosai merfolk who is a bard of glamour. Melio is a regicide from a nomadic tribe in the Glaucus archipelago. She left home soon after accidentally killing the son of a king while defending her own home. She ended up in the desert nation of Phil, yes, Phil, where she trained to be a bard, and had her unfortunate and terrifyingly haunting year inside of the Feywild, a year of memory she has yet to recall completely. Next up is the character played by Aaron. He plays Ashti Ilms, a Kenrin who is a rogue assassin. Ashti's father, Dendrick, had been killed when Ashti was just two years old by the infamous pirate known simply as Suleiman. He was raised by Suleiman, who acted more like a torturer than a father figure to him. Eventually, Ashti was betrayed by one of Suleiman's men, pushing Ashti to lone mutiny, paralyzing his abuser and escaping to live his own life for the very first time. Next, we have Paola. She plays the character of Hestia Aderin, a human phoenix sorceress. Hestia was born in the country of Tilda, a traditionally medieval land with a strong hatred towards those of magical origin. The unfortunate part for Hestia is her family lineage is known for their magical connection to the phoenix spirit, her grandmother being the leader of a famed group of phoenix sorcerers. At a young age, her father hid her away from her mother, an advisor to the queen, by sending her away to her grandmother, Kala. After a few years, Kala had passed away from old age, opening Hestia up once more to her mother, who swiftly sent her to her death. Hestia was saved at the last moment by Kala's phoenix, Sira, who resurrected Hestia outside of a nearby city, where she continued to grow up in hiding amongst a troop of artists. Following that, we have the character played by Mary. She plays Light on the Water's Edge, a tabaxi who is a bard of lore. Edge's life can be easily summed up as practical paradise, both in the relationships with her family and the location of her village in a remote area of the Glaucus Archipelago. She learned how to sail from her uncle, being raised to become a part of the Cat's Cradle trading ship as the Shantyman. Moving from there, we have the character played by Alec. Alec plays Drago Brighthammer, a Goliath who is a paladin of ancients. Drago is the seemingly last member of a tribe of Goliaths from the outskirts of the frozen country of Garavas. His parents, during the devastating raid on their home, sent him drifting down the river to the capital city, where he was rescued and raised by the noble family of Brighthammer, 
Once at an appropriate age, he pledged himself to the god of Goliaths and set out with a group of mercenaries in order to find out more about his past and who attacked his home so many years ago. And last but certainly not least, we have the character played by Reed. Reed plays Dardos Exkius, an abyssal tiefling who is a rogue thief. Dardos was born the bastard son of Radamel Stravecki, a nobleman in the province of Tilda. Given the nature of law in Tilda, Dardos' identity as Radamel's son was kept a secret, having him don a mask of disguise to appear as a human servant boy in service to Radamel and his daughter Annabelle, who had grown a loving sibling relationship with her half-brother. In his teenage years, his father was discovered to have been communing with demons from the Abyss for purposes of his own advancement. The villagers stormed their manor and burned it to the ground, his father presumably dying in the fire as Dardos ran from the country with Annabelle. Now, Annabelle waits in hiding far from their original home, while Dardos goes out into the world stealing what he can to keep the two alive. Now then, it should be important to note that as this is going up, we are celebrating our two-year anniversary of our group. As such, we have a massive backlog of recordings that I will be editing and uploading once to twice a week until we are officially caught up with present day. We've experimented with different ways of recording, uh, different formats, different microphones, and most recently we've actually started to record our visual in addition to our audio. Do keep this in mind as the quality of the show only improves from episode 1, especially since the very first episode is recorded with a set of Apple earbuds. Ugh. All of this out of the way. Allow me to regale you with the story of how the Eight began. On the dawn of the 1st of January in the 1500th year of the 25th era, Melio, Hestia, Ashti, and a few others awoke in the hold of a small ship run by pirates. Having been kidnapped and tied together, the group worked to break free and fight their way off the boat killing the captain of the ship in the process, a man they later learned was a pirate lord named Berryment. After killing Berryment, the party investigated his quarters on the ship, finding a colorless dragon egg, with a note to Berryment stating that it be returned to the author of the note for immediate incubation, the note having been signed by a singular letter, D. The party pushed forward onto the docks, narrowly escaping a pair of captive bugbears and looting what they could before finally entering the city in which they were docked. Known simply as the Pirate Haven, a large cove city on the inside of a hollowed out volcano and broken into eight sectors, each run by a pirate lord. Inside Berryman's sector, the group ran into a small dispute between a thief and a very irate man named Rick. In order to solve the dispute, Melio convinced the man to turn to the church in order to calm his anger issues, a decision that later proved disastrous. After finding themselves in the center plaza of Barriman's sector and a particularly shady deal with a woman named Becky Slit Your Throat, the party witnessed an announcement by the captain of the guard, Nottingham, who declared the news of Barriman's identity as one of the eight pirate lords and confirming to the public about his death. Nottingham then declared himself as a stand-in pirate lord until a new one is properly chosen. Finding this news unfortunate, the party was then approached by a mysterious man in a brown cloak, who asked that they meet him in the attic of the local tavern. Once there, and after confronting the particularly pretentious bard known as Krillink the Entertainer, the man in the cloak revealed his intention to hire the party, naming himself as G. 
he intended to hire the party to kill some of the other pirate lords so that G could instill his own men, his own men being mummy lords that he had full control over. The party agreed, convinced the money was worth the ultimate risk. Back in the tavern, Milio confronted Krillik once more, challenging him to a battle of the bards. At the end of rigorous tests of performing strengths, Milio was introduced to an elven woman known as Valerie and made a promise to mm, visit her when she could. The party's first objective before going after the other pirate lords involved ridding Berryman's sector of Nottingham, leading them into a pocket dimension where Nottingham secretly trained his men and had meetings away from prying eyes. They entered a fight with him while there, only to discover that the version of Nottingham they were fighting was a mere illusion. Leaving the pocket dimension, the party took the time to investigate the local church of Poseidon, which had fallen into disrepair given the widely held belief that the god was dead. This is where they had sent Rick and intended to check on his progress. Upon arrival though, they discovered Father Cutter, the young priest of the church, and found no sign of Rick whatsoever. After finding a vent with a particularly foul smell coming from beneath the church, they snuck into the basement of the church, discovering mutilated and demonically powered individuals who had lost their souls completely. They also had a brief run-in with a truly horrific man known as the Cannibal, who quickly took a bite out of one of the party's brief companions before being killed in just one shot. The party went on to find Rick being mutilated by Father Cutter, his eyes having been gouged out of his head. They dispatched of Father Cutter and rescued Rick, but their celebration ended quickly when they discovered that both Father Cutter and the cannibals' bodies had disappeared after death, with signs that they had both gotten up and just run away. After the party dropped Rick off in a hospital and Ashti accidentally pushed a young child named Timmy off of his hospital bed, they traveled to the small mines that led underneath the city, finding a hidden temple to Poseidon run by ancient turtle people. Here, they retrieved a trident, thought to have been Poseidon's. Further into the mines, the party stumbled upon a lone kobold, and knowing that more would not be far beyond that, they proceeded to quickly execute this young kobold and their parents, later finding out that the kobolds hiding in the rest of the cavern that they had thought to be dangerous were actually quite well put together as a society. In regret for their rash decision, they hid the bodies and made an attempt to escape. Uh, at that time, the pirate lord Horatio arrived, letting the party know that these kobolds were considered a part of his family. Horatio then invited them up through a secret passageway into Nottingham's Manor, where a dinner was being held in memory of Berryment. The party followed him inside, arriving to the dinner after a much-needed bath. There, the party met the actual Nottingham, along with a few of the other pirate lords, namely Brown, who was eating an unidentifiable misty pink loop from a pot, and Gideon, the man known as the Pirate King. Of course, after dinner they discovered that Gideon was in fact the god Odin, who was using the past two eras as Pirate King as a vacation from being a god. The party was encouraged to spend the night in the manor, being considered honored guests now by Nottingham, who seemingly was unaware of their venture into his pocket dimension. As they explored the manor, they discovered that Krillik was the resident entertainer in Nottingham's manor, and was host to a number of musical instruments, the most intriguing of which being a fiddle with abyssal writing on it. Ashti promptly stole this from under Krillik's nose along with a sizable amount of money. 
Further in the manor, they came across Father Cutter once more, now being shown as Butler Cutter. Having remembered their last encounter with the man and knowing that they had more pressing matters, they left him be. Eventually, Milio found herself alone with Horatio, pressing him for information on the Pirate Haven. At the end of the conversation, Milio discovered that Horatio wasn't all he seemed to be. The seemingly normal, large, muscular man turns out to maybe be a kobold in disguise, explaining his family and a number of his strange behaviors up until this moment. Finally, the party entered Nottingham's bedroom, killing him in his sleep, the deed having been done, followed by G arriving seemingly out of absolutely nowhere, congratulating the party and stating that their pay would be provided once the other pirate lords were offed. Enraged by this loophole in their original agreement, the party went to fight G, who raised the heart of a mummy lord, summoning one into the room. The party backed down quickly and allowed G to leave. Knowing their actions would be discovered quite soon, they quickly left the manor, going to pick Rick up from the hospital and hastily making their way into the next sector of the Pirate Haven. This is where they ran into Edge, who, on a whim, decided to join these strange individuals while she remained in the city with her crew. After exploring this new sector for a little while and being witness to a mass citizen vote on the topic of dragon cultists, where another pirate lord, Datra, a glowing golem known for his advancements in technology, was present, the party retired to an inn and for the first time in several days, got a proper night's rest. Well, there you have it, short and sweet the first several sessions of the eight completely summarized. You're now fully prepared to continue forward in episode one, where the party meets a vital NPC and finds out just what dangers the world has waiting for them. I really do hope that you enjoy our story. We've spent the past two years playing relatively consistently every week to every two weeks, putting together just this kind of amazing tale of these characters and how their relationships change and form and fall apart and how they deal with their struggles together as kind of a new family. If you want to, please do drop us a like and share this with your friends. And also remember, there is always a seat available at our table.